Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you ever have an anxious heart? According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, anxiety disorders uh, anxiety disorders are one of the most common mental health problems on college campuses. 30% of college students reported that stress negatively affected their academic performance. 85, this is staggering numbers, 85% of college students reported that they had felt overwhelmed by everything that they had to do some po- at some point in the past year. 85%. stated anxiety as the top concern among college students. And according to the ADAA, they said that 24.5, that's over one in four people, 24.5% of college students reported that they were taking a psychotropic medication. Anxiety is real. It's real. It is gripping. It isolates us. And it has led people to harm themselves. And in some circumstances, it has led people to harm others. People want to escape from their anxious feelings. I know I do. But people are anxious because they can't see a solution to the things that are causing them stress. It's like a wall is standing right before you and you can't get around it. Our desire to escape our anxiety leads us to many different places. We drink to cope. We take drugs to cope. We turn to pornography or sex to cope. We turn to doctors to cope. We exercise to cope. We eat to cope. We diet to cope. And the list just goes on and on and on. We're looking for solutions. We're looking for peace. Now, not all advertisers are bad. We have to use advertisers ourselves. (laughs) But oftentimes a successful advertisement will recognize our anxieties And they will promise that their product will give us the cure we need. I recently changed hair conditioners. And 90% of my problems have been taken care of. That's not true. (laughs) Well, I did change hair conditioners, but I still have my problems. The the promise is that our problems will be uh, solved if we try their product. For instance, your life will be much simpler if you get a smartphone. Your life will be so much better and you'll be a lot more organized if you get that tablet. It's just easier to use in certain situations. You know what? Tablets and phones are a little complicated when you're trying to do certain things. If you're on the go, you know what works best? A smartwatch. That's what you need. 
you know, I noticed that you just seem to have everything overwhelming you from all, you're, you're, ne- you're always connected. What you need is to take a break from that, get all of your stuff into one place. For a couple bucks a month, I'll sell you a virtual cloud. And then, then you don't have to worry. It's there when you need it. You get the idea. Now, this would be funny if it isn't so true. It seems as though we're always connected. We're always, something's always like hitting us right in front of the, our faces. It seems as though a lot of our problems, here's another observation. A lot of our problems come from the things that we use in order to solve our problems. At first, I may just drink for fun. Then I drink to relax. I got to take the edge off. It's just been a little tough. And before I know it, I'm starting to have anxiety because I feel like just maybe I'm drinking too much. The definition of anxiety is a feeling of worry, nervousness, unease. Typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. I think maybe why this affects so many college students is because that definition sounds like every single college semester I ever had. <laughs> like, look at the syllabus, and I'm like, oh my word. <laughs> I hope I can get on the other side of this. I look at meeting all these new people and I think, why did I ever leave home? (laughs) I had it so good. But college students aren't alone. I visited with many people who are anxious about starting a marriage. Anxious about the health of an existing marriage. Anxious about having kids. Anxious about getting old. Anxious about work. Anxious about retiring. Anxious about their health. Anxious about having to give it all up and move into a nursing home. Anxious about dying. Every single stage of our lives have plenty moments to be anxious about. And that anxiety that we have and we all share, you're not alone. That anxiety is addressed in the Bible. Anxiety is a part of our fallen nature. It's not the way God intended it to be. The first commandment says that we are to have no other gods. And we confess in the small catechism that this means that we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And the law points out that our anxiety, it's a sign that we fear that God is untrustworthy. And as a result, we run or love We love other things that we hope will give us immediate cures for our fears. 
Our anxiety is a part of the old Adam in us. In other words, it's our sinful nature. We've all got it though. So if you're starting to feel like I'm beating up on you, the truth is I'm anxious about all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff. I get anxious about the future of University Lutheran Church. I get anxious about, um, I get anxious about my, my kids. What's the church going to be like when they get older? I get anxious about, um, well, I, I can't even list it all. But I suffer with it, just like we all do. It's a part of that fallen, sinful nature that we have. And God addresses our anxious hearts. In our Old Testament lesson today, God tells Isaiah, he tells him to speak to the people of Israel. He says, say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not, behold your God, he will come to save you. Think about the situation of the people that Isaiah is speaking to. They are exiled from their homeland. They are foreigners in a foreign country. Meals, I'm talking just meals, were uncertain. Future was uncertain. Security for their own children was uncertain. Imagine raising your kids in a place where they could be taken from you at any moment to serve as slaves. You would have no security. This is who he is talking to. This was the type of thing that the Israelites were going through. They were an exiled people. We are not in their shoes. But you know what it's like to be anxious. You know what it's like to worry about your future. But God in his mercy tells the anxious people through his prophet, Be strong. Fear not. Behold your God. He comes to save you. Now this promise, it had a twofold fulfilling, meaning they would see part of the fulfillment. When they were heading back home from exile, that's part one. They were rescued. But it had a second fulfillment that they would not see until after they died. They wouldn't see it until the day that the graves were opened and Jesus ascended into heaven. But the first part, well, the first part was God's salvation would happen when the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, and then the lame man shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. When Jesus burst onto the scene on that first Christmas morning, When he was born of the Virgin Mary 
and had our flesh and blood, there was God in our midst. To the anxious heart, be strong, fear not, behold your God. He has come to save you. And in our gospel today, we see Jesus fulfilling the word of the Lord that was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. It says they brought to Jesus a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment, and they begged him to lay his hands on them. And taking him aside privately, he put his fingers in his ears, and he spit and he took his finger and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed. And he said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, and his tongue, it was released, and he spoke plainly. The people were amazed and said, He does all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. To the anxious hearts in this room. And this sermon is to me as well. Be strong. Fear not. Behold, your God has come to save you. Jesus' actions were a fulfillment of scripture. They were a proof that God himself had stepped into our fallen world. Our uncertain worrisome world. God has come into this world where death and uncertainty seem to reign over everything and all people. And moreover, God in Jesus comes to each and every person who at some point and to varying degrees are filled with anxiety. God cares for you And Jesus is proof. This is an amazing thing. But I want you to see something else about our God in the way that he acts with this man. Jesus took this deaf, mute man and he took him aside privately. He didn't go, watch this, everybody. (laughs) He took him aside privately. Recognized the dignity of the man. And he touched him. The God of all creation, the one through whom all things were made, touched this man at the point of his need. And looking up to heaven, God sighed. Now, this isn't a sigh like, uh, this is a sigh like, it's like the sigh of love that a mother has when she holds her baby tight. I love you. That man's deafness was not greater than the Creator's hands. That man's sin was not greater than the Creator's mercy. For the same hands that touched his ears and his tongue would be outstretched on a cross 
nailed to a tree to pay for that man's sin. His ears weren't just open to hear the news of the day. His ears were open to hear the gospel that God so loved the world that here is Jesus. And his tongue wasn't just open to speak and whisper the latest gossip and slander. His tongue was loosed to speak of the mighty works of God through his son Jesus, the mighty works that were done for him. This man's future was secure not because his ears were opened, but because God came to save him from his sin. And then in the same way that God touched this man, he's touched you or wants to touch you. I love how God uses stuff that we can feel. He uses water when he places his name upon you. It's a beautiful thing. He has and continues to open your ears so that you can hear the gospel that tells you that you are loved. Now this side of heaven, you will never be totally free of your anxiety. And that's why today's scripture, you know what? It's always going to apply to you. You can read it tomorrow and it'll still apply. Your sinful nature that fills you with fear that God's not going to take care of you will always contend with you, contend with the new man in you until that day when God takes you to heaven. And because anxiety continues to be a struggle, we want to stay close to God as we gather around his word and sacrament. We confess our sin and our opened ears are touched with the words, I forgive you, all your sin. We confess our hunger for something more in this life. And our God touches our tongue with the bread from heaven. And as a result of staying close to Jesus, abiding in him, You know what? We're not. Our focus changes. I get anxiety every day. But when I confess it, when I read a word reminded me of that God's going to take care of me, my focus is changed. Not just to me and how people interact with me, but to the people that I interact with. In other words, when we get filled with living water, living water overflows and we can start to give to other people. Does that make sense? I'm not just worried how I'm going to be taken care of. I recognize I am taken care of. And now I want to help take care of others. I want to love as I've been loved. And then as we share, 
this love for others by serving them, it is our hope that they ask us, why are you different? Why do you seem to have it all together? And you can confess, I don't. But I know one who does. He is Jesus. He is my Savior. I'd love to tell you about him. And we pray that by the Holy Spirit's work, their ears would be opened and their tongues would be loosed so that one day the faith that we confess would be at the faith that they confess. That's why we're still here. Because people don't know Jesus. Otherwise, you'd be in heaven right now where anxiety will be no more. We thank God for that day, but while we are here, we pray that He would use us. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until He returns for you. Amen.